Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back. It's the Horns Up Talking in Texas podcast. Fisher DeSop was here, a half of the group, but have no fear. Very excited nonetheless. We beat the brakes, as Quan would say, off the Baylor Bears, heading to Waco to a tune of 38 to 6. Very close score called by Nikki Snacks Crider, who had it at 38 to 10. He was four points off in favor, actually, of the Longhorns. Texas putting up a fat 38 in Waco. No points in the fourth quarter. All those points scored through three quarters, 21 in the second quarter, which is kind of wild. Love to see that out of our boys. And on the defensive side of the football, holding the Baylor Bears to six points. Quarterback changes was a, causing a quarterback change for the Baylor Bears. We really made life a living hell for Sawyer Robertson and Coach Aranda, like we predicted. Truthfully, a very emphatic win, the one we were looking for heading in to Big 12 play as we take on now ranked Kansas at home. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway, man? in the game um there were so many good positives but i think most importantly that our young talent um is already making a real impact with this team and uh anthony hill you know he led our team in tackling right mm. he Derek williams anthony hill and malik muhammad who malik muhammad is i think he had four tackles and he also had a pass breakup our freshman db they let they were of the five players who played the most snaps on this defense mm. against this win um, in Waco. And I think, you know, the embrace embrace the hate tour in, in full effect. Um, you, you could tell even just watching this game on TV that the Longhorns were there, that our fans showed up, they showed out. Uh, we were chatting with Quan throughout the game and he was on the sideline with CDC and, and McConaughey. So just, you know, obviously it's you know, stones throw away, right? An hour and a half, north of of austin texas but um you still got to get there you still got to get loud and and our fans did that and you know this is one of those where you can feel really good as a longhorn fan knowing that we might not play the baylor bears for another 15 years and mm. it don't matter and we're walking out of there with a victory and we want to have that same feeling when we play the rest of these teams in the big 12 yeah, I do want to stack correct you there on your lovely, uh, lovely takeaways. Really good stuff about the young guys, especially on defense, which, you know, we've been singing their praises all season, but it's good to continue to see them play this way on the road in Big 12 play. The only stack correction I have to give you, that photo I sent of Quan and CDC and, and McConaughey, unless they actually were on the sidelines, I didn't, I didn't see them. That was from the OU game from my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I sent for, for context for everybody, I sent uh, – Alex and I were and Nick and Quan were talking in our group text and I uh, sent a photo of Quan who was sandwiched between CDC and McConaughey. And I could see him from like where he, where the seats were at the OU game last year. And I texted, I was like, hopefully there's room on the sideline for the three of us. When we head to the natty in our, uh, after a couple of uh, beers and, and tequila shots, 
um, courtesy of the bartenders standing up on the bar and, and pouring. <laughs> was it down? Was it pouring it all over Utah's? Where they poured all over the shots? <laughs> I think you guys. Uh, not on, it. not on me, but near me. Yeah, near yeah. me in this splash zone. There's a little. I didn't catch any. Over. Yeah, no, I didn't catch any strays. But good, good, good. Um, yeah, man, I, I think all really good points on the defensive side of the football. You know, again, a really. We're a veteran team, but it's good to see the young guys get in the mix. I mean, I, I'll just keep riding on the defensive side of the football. Byron Murphy was absolutely fantastic. A guy who – another guy who we were wanting to see continue to put the pressure on the quarterback, get in the backfield. He had two sacks, three tackles for a loss. Um, him and Tavondre Sweat are arguably the best interior lineman duo in the nation, uh, which is crazy to think that we have that you know, with all of our weapons and all of our, off- you know, the, all the offensive line recruiting we've done, obviously Quinn, you know, nine touchdowns, zero picks to start the season, but the two biggest stalwarts maybe, and the two biggest MVPs could be our two interior defensive linemen and Byron Murphy and, and Tavondre Sweat. Both those guys have been absolutely fantastic. Um, and then continuing down the board, Bush, Broad, and Finkley, you know, guys who we don't necessarily talk about all the time when they got their playing, when they got their numbers called, they made the most of their playing time, each of them having a sack as well, uh, which is something that's great to see. But yeah, I mean, look, Malik Muhammad, you know, Gavin Holmes, a guy who we've mentioned previously, a transfer from Wake Forest cornerback. It's good to see him really getting some playing time and into the fold. And it continues to showcase our depth in defensive backfields, you know. And it's yeah. not just going to be Barron. It's not just going to be Thompson that makes all the plays. We have Watts, we have Holmes, and we have obviously Malik Muhammad and Gabenda and, and Ford made themselves known as always. Both those guys' presence is so huge. Jalen Ford coming away with an interception in this one from the linebacking spot. He had dropped one uh, in the Bama game, but it was good to see him come away with an interception uh, against the Baylor Bears. And, you know, I you, I want to highlight the offense and I want to talk about how good Brooks and Quinn were, but you really can't, you know, spend enough time almost on the defense it's such a rarity like when we were when i was setting up to you know record and i was thinking through you know like my thoughts in the game and whatnot i don't like we always play we either play baylor really tight or we lose to baylor since our tenure as texas longhorns we haven't seen us go to waco and absolutely kick the crap out of him i i, I don't think like I, would, I would have to kind of – there may have been a time or two where we've, we, where we've decimated them like this, probably in Matt Rule's first year, actually. I would have – if I had to guess when they were like 1-11. But by and large, the Baylor Bears has been unbelievably competitive. They have been in the playoff or you know Big 12 title hunt as much, if not probably more than we have. So for us to come in, I know they're, I know they're ailing and licking their wounds a bit this season, but still, for us to go into – Waco in a game where they are bragging about selling out their stadium, the most students they've had at a game, all this and we're seeing on Twitter, all their braggadocious bits about how many people are going to be at this game in green and yellow for us to go into their house and absolutely wipe the floor with them. They did not, they couldn't do anything on offense, anything like we were like, Oh, we're going to get the trick plays. No, we were able to use our trick plays and test those things out because we were beating them so badly on D on, on defense. Yeah, um, which alluding to the Xavier Worthy wide receiver uh, pass that he threw to uh, Jatavion Sanders, who you know last game did not have a catch against the the Wyoming Cowboys. This game he has five catches for 110 yards. So I loved to see um, the adjustment there to make sure that one of our best playmakers gets involved. Um, and he had that 49 yard pass that he caught. 
Um, and he also had the one-handed snag that will definitely be on his NFL highlight tape uh, that was thrown to Quinn, and he beat the linebacker in single coverage and then took it up the left sideline. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we did exactly what we needed to do. I thought clearly we had an excellent game plan. We talked with you, know, you myself, um, Quan, and Nick last week about – how this team in their previous game ran the ball incredibly effectively and to no surprise because they have their backup quarterback in there. What we did was we eliminated the run from the outright. Um, their running back ran for 20, what do you run for 21 yards, 17 yards? Um, you'd have to, you have to check me on that. I think, yeah, Pendergrass, Pendergrass was, he was six 21 for 21. Yards. Yep. And then RJ Martinez ran for 22 when he came in for Sawyer Robinson um, later in the game. But, we forced their backup quarterback to beat us. He had one throw of 30 plus yards up the right sideline. That was an excellent pass. Um, incredibly accurate. And other than that, we were breathing down his neck. We were constantly pressuring the QB, but we were so effective against the run um, that I think it allowed us to really have our playmakers shine on the outside, on the edge. And of course our DBs and our linebacking core are incredibly impressive uh, week in week out. But um, I, I think that to me is just Sark and PK coming up with a, an excellent game plan to make a backup quarterback beat you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and he ends up throwing an interception. You've already mentioned that, um, that Ford was able, able to bring in. So I really liked what I saw from there. And then uh, just from the offensive side, um, you know, we asked of the horns to get to the ground and pound early in this game. And we did. And, you know, the, the first score was that 40 yard touchdown run by Jonathan Brooks um, and Baxter had our second score, right? We were, we were a very balanced attack. We had 500 plus yards of total offense, 150 plus um, on the ground, 300 plus in the air. If we do that every single game, um, we are going to be a handful for any team that we're playing, whether they're KU next week or Oklahoma, who once again, looked really, really good. The one thing that I asked last week was, to increase our third down conversion rate. And we did not do that. We were three for nine mm -hmm. on third downs. Um, so I expect that that will come to kick us in the rear when we play a tougher opponent. We'll see if that's, you know, some element that's, that's crucial in, into just the final score of the Kansas game. We'll of course preview that later in the week, but um, that was one thing that I wanted to see us correct. And I know you had a, a bit of a gripe on the special teams um, as well. And I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to you there, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the glaring issues is Worthy. Um, I know he's our arguably our best receiver. He is our best receiver, but having him on the special teams punt return just isn't working out. I know he has the athleticism to do it, but he he, he muffed the punt, um, which was costly. And I he did have a thirty. He did have a thirty-plus yard return that, if there wasn't for a shoestring tackle, he would have taken that to the house. So I just yeah, I, I mean, the athleticism, I mean, yeah, yeah, but the athleticism is there. But we also have guys like Keelan Robinson and, and you know other guys we could throw back there. I just don't necessarily think he's that great in the punt game. I think his athleticism and his speed is phenomenal. And if he gets well, that break, just, if he gets that break when he's in the open field, of course he's going to make a play and, and have he, a big burst. But he did though. Like that's productivity. I like there's. There's hypotheticals of like, yes, Keelan's very fast, but I haven't seen Keelan go back there and return a punt for 30 plus yards. Maybe he needs to get more opportunities. Um, I think that Worthy has the ability to course correct and make sure that, you know, he's being very um, sure handed with the football because mm -hmm. he's like that as a receiver. Um, but is it more so that you take issue with the fact that like he's being utilized in so many different ways in the offense that he doesn't necessarily need to be back there? We don't need it. I, I just, I sometimes I just, don't think 
I don't think he calls a good game back there, to be honest. There's times where you do the fair catches, the play he plays things. I just consistently don't think he does a very good job of it. I, I'm just, you know, great. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. the return the return that he took for 30 yards, he took off the ground. He didn't even take that out of the air. So um, even that is a, a risky element to throw in there, right? Because if it takes one odd bounce, then it, it bounces off your hands. And now there's an odd, another opportunity for uh, the Baylor Bears to to hop onto that ball. So I'm, yeah. I get where you're saying. Um, yeah. I think you lose the ability of us taking one to the house or that percentage probably decreases, even if it's Keelan back there. Because Worthy is a little bit bigger. He's not huge, but he is bigger than Keelan, right? And he's able to break through some of those leg tackles a little bit better than Keelan is. Sure, he's a better player. He's much as an NFL caliber player. I just would rather, at this point, have a shorthand back there. You know, I would rather have a shorthand guy back there and let the offense come back out on the field, especially yeah. the way the offense is playing. The way that Jonathan Brooks, who we haven't mentioned yet, but we obviously should because you know we've been pining for a true RB one and we officially have one. Uh, if we didn't have it last week, back to back 100 yard games, uh, this one on the road. I mean, Brooks is our guy, so we have a good run game established. Cedric Baxter is only going to get healthier as the weeks go on, hopefully. Sanders is firmly in the mix. Worthy kind of had a quiet game. I mean, he obviously had the pass. He did have a touchdown, but other than that, he didn't. He didn't boom you for yards. But I don't think he necessarily needed to. It was a very controlled game by Quinn. Brooks Sark in the offense. So I, to me, I'm so confident in our offense and our ability to move the ball and do different things on offense and beat you in so many different ways. I'd rather just have someone back there, catch it and go home. Easy, easy. Yeah. It's crazy. That's how I just feel about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brooks again. I, yeah. He's, I, he's I, awesome, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's legit. He's fantastic. I think when he gets to that second level, linebackers and dbs um have a tough time keeping up with him and i think he runs really really hard um he you know we got so used to Bijan robinson breaking arm tackles left right front and center and and this guy can do it too he is a tough runner um he fights for extra yardage and i've been really really impressed i i like how we were very um we were very versatile and we were providing looks and opportunities for so many different guys on our offense like you're right you know, Xavier, he had an opening catch in the opening drive, um, which can put some pressure on the defense because now you have to deal with him and you have to consider him every single route that he's running. And then he had a quiet game the rest of the game because we ended up going to Tavian's way. But I like that he got that opportunity to score that touchdown at the end to kind of, you know, appease parties, right? We know that when there's a lot of mouths to feed, oftentimes, um, you know, there, there can be a, a little bit of bickering and some uh, uncertainty and unhappiness sometimes. This doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be the case because I think we can acknowledge that the way that Sark is running this program right now and coaching this team, everybody is buying in, everybody is playing together. Um, but it is nice that worthy got to have that kind of little prize at the end of the game. You know, here's your touchdown. Um, yeah. Same thing with Baxter and, and just keeping those guys involved. And when we get into those games where it will be a little bit closer, um, you know, having them go 110%, without any kind of thought in the back of their head of like, is another guy going to take my job? Like what's going on there? Um, John Tate cook had, had a 50 yard catch, 51 yard catch. That was cool to see. Um, that was later in the game after, you know, the game had already gotten out of Baylor's hands, but, um, I just like seeing different guys get involved. And especially as I mentioned with my first takeaway, um, those young guys, because it just shows any recruit that is interested that if you get on the 40 acres and you are a part of the, the, you know, the Texas Longhorn football team and you are putting in the work and you are impressing the coaches, you can get out there on game day and you can make a real impact. 
year one as a freshman. It is possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so that was cool to see. And obviously on Sunday, um, we got some great recruiting news too, which that we did. Yeah, that we did. I mean, look, getting Brandon Baker out of modern day, you know, getting a kid from California, like obviously Sark has roots in the West coast and the PAC 12, like coaching in Washington, coaching in USC, of course, but going and getting a kid like Brandon Baker, an offensive tackle to come in and be the, he's a massive four-star, five-star, depending where you check. Like it's truly a massive haul for no pun intended for Sark and co. And you're also keeping him away from teams that probably should have gotten him. Like Oregon probably should have been in the mix. USC should have been in the mix a lot heavier. Not that they weren't, but they probably should have had their, you know, their claws sunk in a bit harder on a guy like that. The fact that we can go to California and get the top offensive tackle is, is pretty remarkable out of coaches or coach Sarkeesian. Yeah. Oregon was his, his number two uh, team on the list. And look, they yeah, had an absolute, first year last baby. That's right. And they had an absolutely dominant win against the Colorado Buffaloes where their team made a real statement about how they are primed to make college football playoff run this year. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Bo Nix will no longer be there at the end of this year, but just from a on field play standpoint, like, that that shows a recruit a lot, right? But we did the exact same thing. And that, to me, the fact that he ends up signing with us on Sunday shows that we did everything else that we needed to to get him um, to commit to the Texas Longhorns. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, you mentioned he's a four-star on ESPN. He's a five-star on 247. Um, he's I think he's third in the rankings of um, banks and just the composite score banks and, um, and Campbell, right? Who, who we got in, in 2022's class, um, both who are sophomores now and are playing excellent football. So, you know, they are not headed anywhere. They're not going to the NFL yet, but the fact that all three of those guys could be playing together is really, really exciting just from an offensive line standpoint for our Texas Longhorns. Um, and you mentioned, like, it's yeah. really important. It's, it's really important for us to hit the California pipeline because it's not something we have not recruited, especially from a school like Modern Day, we have not recruited there um, very, very well. The first recruit that we got that committed to the Texas Longhorns was Brew McCoy in 2019. And, you know, look who we've got since then, right? And a lot of that has to do with Chris Jackson, who are who is our wide receivers coach, who, go figure, is a modern-day alum, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's putting the puzzle pieces together, and that's that's a great job and a great hire by Sarkeesian. And, and Thank Chris you for giving us that tidbit, Toss. That's the, It's important to know, not to cut you, but it's very important to know that type of thing. So it's a really good tidbit to add. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly important. And now we have the number 11 class ranking, um, for 2024. So that's exciting. And hopefully we go up and up and up. I honestly think it's a little underrated. Like I think we should already yeah, be higher than I don't that. get that. Well, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm just, you know, people go like people love 24 seven. I just had ESPN up, um, on ESPN, according to them, the top, the top 10, we, us Clemson, we have Colin Simmons, us, Clemson, the Buckeyes, A&M, NOU, and Tennessee all have a player in the top 10. Georgia has two. They have the top two, and then Bama has the next two. So their inclusion, Justin Williams from Conroe, Texas, to Georgia kind of stings. Um, and then Micah Hudson from Temple, like, Going to Texas Tech, we've spoken about that before. Is tough. We get Kobe Black, things change, right? Yep. So we get Kobe Black. It's a massive recruit. Terry Bussey, I think, is going to 
is making the mistake and going to AM. It, it looks like that's where he's crystal ball. But if we get the kid from St. Louis U- University, Ryan Wingo, if we get that receiver and we get Kobe Black, that's going to propel us into the range of like, I think Ohio State's in there, judging by like what, what I'm seeing. Obviously, Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama are probably some of the top classes right now. Um, FSU's in the mix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, we we could really have a, a, another top five class and a, a top a class of impact players. Like, if you're if you're one of these guys, like, and you see how these like you were saying these young players are playing, right? If you're Kobe Black and you see Malik Muhammad playing as a freshman, like, you're obviously going to be like, wait a second, I, I might be inclined inclined to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, like, because I'm if I'm good enough, which I think I am, I'm going to get time. Um, I do want to back to the current team the number one rated interior defensive lineman, number one in rated interior defensive lineman in all of college football is Devondre Sweat. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised whatsoever. And, I mean, we, we talk, you talked about Byron Murphy earlier and what he does as an interior defensive lineman, but he also lined up as the fullback on Jonathan Brooks's second touchdown run, mm-hmm. which – is an advancement of what we saw him. He scored that big man touchdown against Wyoming. And then the next week he's involved in another goal line package. So now we're just showing different looks, right? So Kansas next week at Oklahoma, the following week, you know, we get, we get him involved in that goal line package. They don't know what we're going to do. So I love that, you know, again, just the versatility, the unpredictability of what Sarkeesian is doing on the offensive side. Um, but starting off simple with running the football and then getting creative later on. And um, we, we talked about how Baylor was going to throw, you know, all different kinds of haymakers at us from an offensive standpoint. I think we saw, was there a wide receiver, wide receiver double pass that they tried and failed? Yeah. It was, a, I think it was so. attempted wide receiver double pass. I think he just ended up running it for like three yards. Cause he knew he didn't have a look downfield. They don't know. Um, they, they didn't have anything going, dude. Right. To be honest, like, and I'll, I'll firmly, I'll, I don't care. I'll admit this. There was like, my attention started to deviate towards the Buckeye Notre Dame game because we were beating them that badly. Like, if I didn't have to cover our team, this is a game you could turn off in the third quarter and be happy about. To be honest, and I like, not feel like a bad yeah. fan. I know we always say eyes to eyes and like, you know, stay for the fourth quarter or whatnot. But we're not at the game. If you're watching at home and we're we beat them that badly. Like you could go take the fourth quarter off, grill some steaks and, and catch the end of like, I, cause I do want to quickly do a quick wrap around that Buckeye Notre Dame game was uh, uninspiring for both offenses, for both quarterbacks, especially Sam Harbin, who had a lot of faith in kudos to you. You called that Ohio state defense coming up big and that they did. Um, but that game was wild. The game you said, Oregon making a massive statement, USC going on the road against the broken ASU team and looking pedestrian. That was troublesome for them. The Washington State Oregon State game ended up being a slobber knocker, which you know I think a lot of people anticipated. Um, very exciting to see. Like Washington State's one of those teams that no one's really talking about in the Pac-12 that could end up playing spoiler for somebody. Um, and then yeah. Bama back to business at home versus Ole Miss. That defense really coming in and, and shutting Lane Kiffin and Jackson Dart down. Sh- shaky first half though. From them. But both teams, both teams were shaky. Sure. I, I was unimpressed by Ole Miss. I, I had a lot more faith in them. I, I wanted more out of Ole Miss, and it didn't come to it, it didn't happen. And then, I mean, well, LSU, oh, LSU had a really close win against Arkansas, um, who a lot of people FSU, didn't think FSU had a close win against Clemson. They but, lost. They lost the game. 
by the way. They lost the FSU lost to Clemson, and the gods came down and bl- and blew that football away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Clemson lost Week One. Um, I think they're a better team than what we saw Week One for them. But now at this point, they've got two losses under their belt, and it's next to impossible for them to to make some sort of come back here at the CFP. I mean, I, I just don't see that happening whatsoever for them. Um, yeah. I mean, look, Washington state, you mentioned North Carolina, Duke, Miami, like all those teams are undefeated. Still Utah still undefeated. Um, and of course, Oklahoma, you know, they, they made, they made quick work and they have made quick work of every one of their opponents this, this year. And, you know, you don't think have, the work could have been quicker. Uh, it could have been, but I, I, I mean, Look, they did what they needed to do, you know, and uh, no, I don't think it could have been that much quicker. I think Cincinnati is a solid team. I think they're well coached. Um, I know they're two and two and their, their record doesn't necessarily reflect they're a great football team, but we know what their program has been in the last four to five years. And um, I think you got to, you know, at least tip your cap a little bit to them, probably a similar situation as, you know, what we saw against Wyoming um, and our final score reflected mm. a little bit more in our favor and their final score, you know, reflected a little bit less in their favor, but I think Cincinnati's probably a better team than Wyoming as well. Sure. Um, but all that to say, like we take it one week at a time. We'll get into it later this week. As I mentioned before, um, when we preview the Kansas game who now have, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels is back, right? He's, and, they're, they're ranked, man. They're undefeated yeah. and ranked. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at a lot of these games. There's a lot of interesting game. Like Washington heads to a three and one Arizona. Mm. Like Notre Dame at four and one heads to a four and oh Duke. Utah, who you just brought up at four and oh, they head to a three and one Oregon State, who just hung some points up, like and and, and try to get some comeback going. USC like, plays Colorado. Like Colorado just got trounced by Oregon, but. Who knows? Do I think that they're going to give two pitiful performances in a row, the Buffaloes? Not two pitiful performances. Do I think USC should win that game? Absolutely. But do I think USC is more vulnerable now than I did before they played Arizona State? Yes to that as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, there there are some some tough tests ahead for all these ranked teams here. And, and what we have to do is just take care of business. Tigers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tigers versus the Rebels. The LSU heads to Ole Miss, the Grove, which is – apparently everyone says the best place in the world to watch a game. And then the Florida, Kentucky, like Kentucky's undefeated. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, we just have to take care of business, but there is some surprise, surprise teams like so far, like Mizzou ranked kind of crazy Four and oh, Fresno state is ranked. I don't know why. Why are they ranked and Kentucky's not? I don't know. I guess they don't want to give too much love to the sec. Kind of weird. Yeah, you know, twenty through twenty-three, all four of those teams are 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 SEC squads. Um, just looking at the AP poll right now, and it's like, wow, how many? What's the total count? So we got Georgia, you got Georgia, you got Bama, Bama, LSU. There's three, and then four more, so seven total SEC schools. Um, you know, it's a pretty pretty mm-hmm. good number there, and you've got you've got us, you've got OU. And then you've got uh, nobody. Kansas. Kansas. Oh, Kansas! Thank God. Yeah, we have three. So three. And then how many quickly in the ACC? Miami, Duke, UNC is three. Florida Clemson's State. dropped. That's they have four. And then the Pac-12 has 
Washington, USC, Oregon, Utah. That's four. Washington State's five, and they dropped Oregon State. No, they didn't. Uh, six. So they have six, and then Big Ten is Big Ten's kind of like top heavy. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. That's three. That's it. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, if it, you mentioned it, I, I completely agree, especially if people who are listening were watching at home um, and you tuned out in the middle of the third quarter or had it on in the background, but we're doing something else in your house. Like, I don't I don't blame you. But one thing you did miss is the Baylor Bears not converting on fourth and goal because our defense made great plays. Yeah, um, this game could have final score ended up being 38 six very close to Nikki Snacks Kreider's prediction. Again, shout out to him and his uh, family, of course, and, and his fam. But it, it could have been 38 13, right? If they had gotten one of those and converted, mm-hmm. but they did not because our guys were ready to play and they did not give up on any down. The fact that we played all four quarters and we played with that pride, um, that's and, and on the road too, that that's the best thing for me to watch as a Texas football fan. So excited to see what we do uh, against the Jayhawks, and we will be back later this week with the Quan Cosby and maybe a special guest returning special guest. So get excited. And of course the DJ himself, snacks, Kreider, Fisher to stop was toss. Huckin horns, man. We are four and oh wild four and oh fours. <laughs>